Welcome to episode 16 of the Dynasty Dreamers podcast. I'm your host, Joe Galloway, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Luigi Federico. Hey everyone, long time no see. Collectively, we are the Dynasty Dreamers. We go to bed thinking about Dynasty. We dream about Dynasty. We wake up thinking about Dynasty. You get the picture. Ladies and gentlemen, we are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify in addition to YouTube. On today's show, we're just going to be talking a little, kind of going off the cuff a little bit about the start of the fantasy season. Uh, Luigi, it's been a long time since we've done a podcast. Uh, The last time we did one was when we got together for the five parts uh, live, so to speak, uh, recap of the uh, startup we did earlier in the year, which was a lot of fun. Uh, We've been needing to do more shows, but just kind of life has just kind of gotten in the way. Uh, We've both been pretty busy with with work and home life. So uh, we thought we would uh, take this opportunity while Luigi's on vacation this week to to get get one more out there right before the season starts. Uh, Let's start there, Luigi. Uh, This is Wednesday. The NFL season starts tomorrow. Go Lions. (laughs) How excited are you? Oh, I am ecstatic. I've been thinking about this day for the last month easily. Um, You know, we just did a couple of redrafts the other day, and that's always one of my favorite times of year, getting together and doing our redrafts and and just knowing that the NFL season is right around the corner and I don't have to worry about missing any more weekends of football. It just, it makes me so happy. This is the best time of year. Absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to use one, two word, uh, answer to describe my feelings Christmas morning. That's, that's what we are embarking on. Yeah. Easily, easily. (laughs) It, It doesn't even matter. You know, obviously I'm a Patriots fan. The Patriots play on Sunday. Tomorrow the Lions play the Chiefs. I don't care. I can't wait to sit down and watch football. It's it's just it, and normally you don't get this feeling, you know, when basketball season starts or I'm a huge hockey fan. Hockey season starts. I don't really necessarily care as much to watch other teams play, but I just being able to sit down and watch Patrick Mahomes and and Jared Goff destroy the Chiefs tomorrow. I'm just it's it's great. It's so it, it's funny that you say that because I'm going up to Richmond, uh, Kentucky, to watch. Bryce Young's first game with my son. Uh, that's where he goes to school. We're big Panthers fans going up to watch the game with him. And I, I'm, I'm happy to do that. And it's going to be awesome. And, and I'm looking so forward to it. But there's a downside to that. I have to drive back at some point on Sunday night. So I'm going to be in the car while there's NFL games on TV. Yep. And that is a little hard for me to swallow because I loved getting up on Sunday and watching from noon all the way till. 11 o'clock at night. Yep. Uh, but you trust me, Westwood one will be on. <laughs> It'll that, have to be. For that Sunday night <laughs> game, I'll be I'll be uh, uh, biting my lip on every part. My wife will probably even have to drive. Yeah. Uh, that, that's how serious it'll be. Uh, you know, we can talk for hours just about our general feelings about the season starting from an NFL standpoint and talk about which teams we think are going to do this and which teams we think are going to do that. But this is a this is a dynasty fantasy football podcast so we're going to focus on that even though we might want to do some more fun stuff potentially there may be some uh, some bold predictions going on here right Let, let's 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 go to that let's let's start off with uh uh we're going to do an exercise we're just going to go down from each position and answer some questions in each position uh but before we do that 
Luigi, we got to talk about this real quick. This, to me, is the biggest story in the dynasty slash fantasy community in general right now. What is the status of Travis Kelsey one day before kickoff? Well, I saw a report just a little while ago that said that he has a bone bruise. So it's not any ligament tear or anything like that. It's very possible that he misses uh, the next two weeks. It, I, I would be extremely surprised to see him suit up for tomorrow's game. So I think everyone can be very prepared to have to find a replacement tight end for tomorrow's game uh, and even potentially for next week's game. I think having whatever it is, you know, 10 days off in between games will help him a little bit. But at the end of the day, I've I've personally had a bone bruise before, and I I would not be able to suit up. Now I'm not Travis Kelsey, obviously. I'm not a superstar athlete like he is, but I, I do think some somebody of his importance needs to take a little precaution. Am I wrong in the statement that if Travis Kelsey had it went down for the year, like we originally thought, a lot of, a lot a lot of reports out there were saying that he had a, potentially have a major ACL tear. Am I wrong in thinking that that would be the most impactful fantasy uh, injury that we've had in a very long time. Yeah. I mean, I struggle to think of any player that has gone down so late in the preseason. I mean, sometimes you have players go down, you know, week one in the preseason, which is horrible, but it's still pretty early on to where, you know, not to draft them. I mean, at this point, a lot of a lot of drafts have happened. Or in Dynasty, you have time to find a replacement. Yeah, exactly. But at this point, a lot of drafts have already happened to where a player that you draft in the first round is just is gone for the year, and and there's no way to recuperate that loss. Yeah, yeah. I I just feel like it would be extremely impactful if it if it had went down that way. Not only is it impactful to the guys who drafted Travis Kelsey. Uh, because they spent that high draft capital on position you don't normally spend it on because of the advantage that you get. And then all of a sudden, now you don't have the advantage. I can't. I think it would be very hard to have a successful fantasy football season if you lost Travis Kelsey for the year before week one. Also, he the way he affects Patrick Mahomes. That's what I was about to say. You know, I, I think it has a lot more of a fantasy impact for both Mahomes and honestly the rest of the team as well. You know, if you're hoping to find a sleeper in say Kadarius Tony or uh, Sky Moore, then I, I think that's. I, I don't think that they're going to be able to have the same success with him off the field as they would with him on the field. I I, I struggle to imagine that this offense is going to be very explosive tomorrow. I just do. Yeah, if I'm being perfectly honest with you, if Travis Kelsey isn't on the field tomorrow night, I'm picking the Lions. That's upset him. I, I just don't see – the Lions were solid enough last year to where I think the Chiefs losing the second most important piece on their offense is just it, – it's, it's going to be kind of crippling. already don't have Chris Jones. They don't have Chris Jones, so they don't have a solid defense. They, they don't have anybody behind um, Travis Kelsey who's proven anything. I get Noah it. Noah Gray, baby. Oh, yeah, Noah Gray. I get <laughs> it. They have MVS, but it can MVS carry a team – to a victory, I highly doubt that. Right. And again, we haven't seen MBS produce very consistently with Patrick Mahomes, with Travis Kelsey off the field. Right. All right, let's get into our uh, dynasty content here. Uh, we're just going to go position by position, and we're going to you know, ask nine or ten questions, and we're both going to give our answers to those questions. And 
Uh, it'll kind of be a preview for the season, kind of a preview for what we expect to happen after the season, that sort of thing. And as always, we're going to start with which position? The quarterback. Because that's the position that matters in Superflex. We all know that. So first question, Luigi. Not your opinion, personal opinion, but who is the current consensus QB1? In unison, Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah, yes. yeah. I, I definitely think the community is on Mahomes as the QB one. Um, I'm personally, as you are well aware, on the Josh Allen side of, of being the QB one in Dynasty, but I cannot argue the fact that Mahomes is is probably the the best quarterback in the league. Most most definitely the best quarterback in the league, and has not shown any signs of not being extremely productive. Right. Okay. Question number two. Who finishes as the quarterback one from a production standpoint in 2023? So for me, it is Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow has had one of the most successful first three years of any quarterback in NFL history. I think sometimes we forget that Joe Burrow has only been in the league for three years because he has already been to the Super Bowl. He has already defeated the Chiefs in a playoff game. He's defeated the Chiefs multiple times since he's been in the league, which I don't believe anyone else has. I believe they're three and one against the Chiefs. Right. Joe Burrow led Bengals right. are. Right. Uh they're just I feel like that they're on the cusp of knocking on the door to win a Super Bowl. Uh, I think from a personal le- on a personal level, I don't think Joe Burrow has reached his peak yet. I don't think we've seen it. I think we may see it this year. I think with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, hopefully for a f- both of them for a full healthy season, uh, another year of maturing both in the offense and as a human being. For God's sakes, he's still only like 24, 25 I believe he's old. younger than I am. He's yeah. the same age as the league. <laughs> uh, I believe that uh, Joe Burrow will ha- will get it done this year. I think that he is your dynasty or your fantasy QB1 in production, and I think he will win the MVP. I, I can't argue with that. You know, the, the offensive line is bolstered up this year. They added Orlando Brown uh, from the Chiefs. Um, they added a, a, a reasonable enough receiving tight end in Irv Smith. Uh, you know, that offense has just continuously gotten better. And like you said, they're getting more mature. I mean, Jamar Chase has only been in the league for two years. This is right. his third year in the league. Right. Um, you're you're looking at, at, an, at an offense that's just going to continuously get better. The other thing is, Joe Mixon had a lot of um, off-the-field issues weighing on his mind last year that he does isn't going to have this year. So I think that that offense is just going to continuously get better, like you said. However, I'm going to say that, that the QB1 this year finishes as Justin Herbert. That offense also got a lot better. Um, I don't know if we've seen Justin Herbert ceiling, just like what you said with uh, with Joe Burrow. Um, I just think that that, that offense is, is going to be just so explosive. I think Justin Herbert is has one of the higher ceilings in the league, and, I mean, he's proved that multiple times. Uh, I, I think with the addition of Quentin Johnson just adding another weapon on, onto that offense, I, I, think, I think he finishes as a QB1 this year. I hope that you are right about that for, for redraft purposes, yeah. <laughs> as I did buy Justin Herbert. You bought both Justin Herbert and uh, Joe Burrow. I, I did. <laughs> I bought them separately. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so moving on to question number three, who will be the QB one in February from a dynasty value standpoint? So the season plays out. 
Uh, we don't care about the playoffs because they don't count for fancy points. I mean, we we watch to see sometimes things that happen in the in the playoffs and especially the Super Bowl influences our decisions on this. I get that, but for the most part, we don't really care about the month of January too much. But just just to you know, kind of include all that. Let's say February fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever the day after the Super Bowl is. Who will be the QB one? Not your opinion, but consensus dynasty value. Who's QB one? I still think it'll be Mahomes. Yeah. As much as I would want to say it could be Joe Burrow, I, I think Burrow would need to have probably the greatest season um, yes. a QB has ever had in order for uh, for people to start considering him to be more valuable than Mahomes. Yeah, and, well, and that goes for Burrow and, and Hurts and Herbert mm-hmm. and any of the contenders. I, I, just, I don't think anybody but Burrow would be able to surpass Mahomes. I even yeah. if even if Justin Herbert had the greatest season ever, or if Jalen Hurts had the greatest season ever, I don't think that they've shown as much as Joe Burrow has to be able to surpass yeah. uh, Patrick Mahomes. I'm with you. I just don't see anybody doing enough this year to pass Patrick Mahomes. He's the second, at least since I've been playing Dynasty, which has been about six years, he is the poster child of safe in, in, in fantasy football. Okay, next up, who do you have the most QB shares of? QB shares of personally. Now remember, this is not an indictment on who we think the top guys are at the position because sometimes, you know, even though I have Patrick Mahomes as my QB one, situations have dictated in the leagues that I'm in that I've only been able to garner one share of him. I'm not happy about that, but that's just the way it is. But uh, these are some guys that we do believe in quite a bit that we have been able to acquire some nice shares of. And I'll go first here. And of relevant quarterbacks, there's a four-way tie for me. Uh, I have five shares each, which is a 25% share stake for me. And Joe Burrow, Bryce Young, uh, Kirk – no, not Kirk Cousins, sorry. Kenny Pickett and Jordan Love. So Burrow we already talked about. Obviously, I'm a big fan. I think he is ascending, which is hard considering that you're a top five quarterback to say that you're still ascending. Bryce Young, I know that everybody's going to think that um, this is a homer pick, that, that I have so many shares of him. But anyone who's played fantasy football with me for a long time can tell you that I am not – I am the last person to be a homer. Luigi will easily tell you that. For sure. Hardly ever had any shares of Cam, even though I liked him, just couldn't get them. Hardly ever had any shares of, of DJ Moore or – go on down the list. But the reason why I like Bryce Young so much is because I have always liked smart quarterbacks. Those are the kind of quarterbacks that I prefer – that is why I have been taking uh, Bryce Young over Anthony Richardson in rookie drafts. And I, I I realize that I'm probably the only person out there that's probably been doing that. But I, I feel conviction about it. I think Bryce Young is will have a longer career. I don't know that he will be as productive for the first two to three years as Anthony Richardson. I know that's a thing. But I don't play dynasty football for two to three years. I'm in it for the long haul. <laughs> And I think Bryce Young will have a much better career and will lead me to more championships in the long term than Anthony Richardson will. Uh, next up is Kenny Pickett. I just He was just cheap. He was cheap as a rookie. He was cheap this year in startups. I believe in him. That's why I have so many shares of Kenny Pickett. Same thing with Jordan Love. I, I had six shares of him going into this season, all of which I picked up basically when he was a rookie, taking him in the 
late second, early third round. Held on to him this whole time because in my mind, I felt like as soon as he got on the field, he was going to be a guy that produced. Uh, we'll find out this year. Uh, I did trade one share of, of Jordan Love. I did cash out one of them because I felt like it was a really good deal. But I have held on to five of my six shares, even after the even after the spike in value. I, I still believe it in that much. Uh, Luigi, who's your uh, most owned relevant quarterback? Well, my most owned relevant quarterback is Mac Jones. Um, I have eight shares of him. Which, um, is, which is about 25% share, share size. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm in, I'm in 36 um, total dynasty leagues. Um, and, and, you know, being able to get Mac Jones and – I'm not. I'm just gonna guess. Like the, I'm gonna say 14th round. Like, like he he gets drafted as a QB three, and I have enough faith in him because I watched him play his rookie year. He had a top 10 QBR for a rookie quarterback um, in in all of NFL history since they obviously started tracking QBR. Um, there were times where he had a better QBR than Dak Prescott did. I think through week 14 or something, he was performing better up to week 14 than Dak did week one through 14. So I do think that he has the capability of reaching his ceiling, which I think is a high end QB two. I don't think he'll ever be a QB one. I'm not, I'm not going to be that foolish, but, but drafting him as a QB three, I do think that I ha- he has the upside of, of way overperforming where he's drafted. You know, I'm not a Mac Jones guy, but, I think it's weird when I hear people say he doesn't have, and not just Mac Jones. People, I hear people say this about Kenny Pickett too, for example. He doesn't have the upside of a quarterback one, not even a low quarterback one. Well, who's to say that if New England ever decided to put some weapons around him, if he's as good as you say he is, why can't he be a low-end QB1? My, my problem is they had the opportunity to do that this year twice. You just don't think they're going to get there. I don't think that they're ever yeah. going to do that for him. I, I think it, as long as Belichick is there, they're going to continue to build around the defense and not necessarily worry about the offense. And because they had the option, the ability to draft JSN twice this year. They, yeah. they, tra- they uh, traded back, and then they drafted Christian Gonzalez. They had the opportunity to put an elite weapon around him, and they didn't. So – they don't think – they don't plan on, on, on bringing uh, talents in there to help Matt Jones perform. So I think his ceiling is capped out right around QB 15. That, that, that's fair. Yeah, I get that. All right. So who do you have the most rookie quarterback shares of? We'll start with you this time, Luigi. I have Bryce Young as my most rookie quarterback shares. I don't think there's a lot to talk about here. I know the – Dynasty community is a lot higher on uh, Anthony Richardson than I am. I just struggle to imagine that uh, Anthony Anthony Richardson will be able to outperform Bryce Young over the next five to six years. I think the longer Bryce Young is in the league, the better he's going to get. The Panthers took him with the number one overall pick for a reason. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Anthony Richardson in college. Where he is in Indianapolis, I think he'll be able to perform – better than he would in other places, but I still always found myself in a position of being able to draft Bryce Young, and I just accepted the the QB1, in my opinion, of, of the class. I obviously agree, as Bryce Young is tied for my most shares to- total uh, at five. Is, I have a 25% share stake in him. I have a 20% share stake in, in C.J. Stroud, so just 
I have four shares of him as opposed to five of Bryce Young. And is that is that because you were drafting at the four or because you were drafting at the two and you just went with Stroud? No, I mean I went with every, I only had the one oh two twice this year and I took Bryce Young both times. Yeah, exactly. Now I will tell you this later in the process after I've accumulated several shares of Bryce Young, if I had have been in that two spot, I would have hedged my bets a little bit. I would have went with Anthony Richardson. Right. But I ne- was never in that position after those first two drafts. Mm-hmm. I never had the, the second overall pick again. Wasn't able to trade into it. And quite honestly, I do like to hedge my bets, but I'm not likely to trade up to hedge my bets. Yeah, you know, what definitely I mean? not. There's no reason to do it like that. So, no, I never took C.J. Stroud over Anthony Richardson, but I had a lot of 103s, 104s. I don't think I ever took Stroud at 103, but I definitely took him at 104, 105. Even had a situation where he dropped to 106 and I took him, which insane value. You, know, so you, had, value. To. you had to. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take Dalton Kincaid over CJ Stroud, mm-hmm. in the, even in the tight end. Because probably Jason and Gibbs both went ahead of him. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I, I do have four shares of CJ Stroud. Uh, I do not have any shares of Anthony Richardson. I kind of wish I had one. I always like, I, I like to have one share of guys that I'm not high on just in case I'm wrong, you know? So. Uh, but I did end up with any of them, and uh, I'm not super upset about that. But I would certainly trade C.J. Stroud plus in some of my leagues to to get a share of, of Anthony Richardson. I'm not sure I have any shares either, to be honest with you. I'm pretty sure I have seven shares of C.J. Stroud. I have nine shares of Bryce Young, and I'm not sure I have any shares of Anthony Richardson. Did also end up with four shares of Will Levis just because he's – I'm a draft quarterback. When you get to the 111 and the 112 and he's there, you're just like, why not? Especially in like a 14-team league. It's really hard to lay off of a quarterback Mm -hmm. that you think could potentially be a starter in this league. If he's Uh, a starter, he gains value. I got a lot of my shares. I got a lot of my shares in the mid-second. I mean, mean, early on he was going at where you're talking about like the 111, 112, but I did a lot of drafts, rookie drafts later in the summer Mm -hmm. because of circumstances we won't talk about on here. Uh, But it seems like the later as we went in the process, the the farther he fell. So uh, I have some some mid-second shares of Will Levis because of that. All right. Uh, question number six, name some quarterbacks you have few or no shares of. So I'll start with this one of my personal top 20 at the quarterback position in my personal rankings. There are four quarterbacks that I have zero shares of. They are Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Anthony Richardson, and Daniel Jones. You can see a theme here. A lot of running quarterbacks. A lot of running quarterbacks. I'm not a big fan of them. Uh, I I want to see the passing capability before I invest in these guys. That's why I do have a share of Jalen Hurts. He, he, he went out last year. He proved that he can sling the rock. So I probably miss out on those cheaper shares of guys like this, but I'm willing to take that risk because I think more often than not that these guys don't work out for the long term. Now, Lamar Jackson is a guy who I do respect at this point. He is my QB7. I didn't get a lot of early shares of Lamar Jackson because I didn't believe in him in the early going. I was wrong. And I don't haven't gotten any since then because I'm still taking guys like, I'm always going to take Burrow, Herbert, and Lawrence over Lamar Jackson. I'm also going to take Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase over them. So 
the earliest I'm taking Lamar Jackson is like the 109. And in most drafts, he's just not there. Uh, Justin Fields and Anthony Richardson, I, I don't know any other way to say it. I just don't believe those guys. I, I don't think that they're going to be successful over the long term. I will say that I believe more in Justin Fields than I do Anthony Richardson. I cannot wrap my head. I can't wrap my head around the fact that a guy that was barely over fifty percent completion percentage in college is going to be able to progress enough in the pros to be a consistent uh, quarterback in the in that league over the long term. I, I think Anthony Richardson might have a two to three year window where he scores some decent fantasy points, but then I think that's I think that's over after that. Whenever the rest of whenever the Colts figure out that this guy cannot succeed throwing the football, I think they'll get rid of him. That's my personal opinion. I feel the same way about Justin Fields. I don't think I feel as strongly about Justin Fields because at least, at least we saw him be productive in college. I haven't seen that in the pros. I, I still feel like that we have not seen anywhere close to any decent throwing NFL throwing ability uh, from Justin Fields, but we have seen it at least at some point in his career. Daniel Jones, I, I've just never been a, Dan, a Daniel Jones guy. I thought he was overdrafted at six overall whenever he was taken. Uh, he's just he has never showed me very much. He's not that athletic of a guy. He doesn't throw the football that well. He hasn't had targets over his career, many good targets over the course of his career. I, I get that. It does mystify me sometimes how he manages to score points uh, in fantasy football. He's elusive. I, I, I guess. <laughs> uh, but just not a believer in Daniel Jones. Honestly, most of these, for all but one of them, it's because I'm not a believer in these guys. The, the guy that I that I am a believer in, it's because I was late to the party and haven't been able to get any shares with him since then. I don't know. Um, exactly all of my QBs that I have the least amount of shares of or, or, or no shares of. I'm, I'm not sure I have many shares of Justin Fields. I, I do have quite a few shares of Daniel Jones and uh, Lamar Jackson, mostly because when I draft a quarterback, I'm not just going to trade him away for cheap. Right. Daniel Jones is one of those guys that I was able to get kind of middle of the round, kind of similar to Will Levis. Yeah. I was able to get him there, and I'm just not going to trade him away for cheap because he is a starting quarterback in the league until – proven otherwise. Um, but the quarterback that I only have one share of um, is Patrick Mahomes. I, I it you, Whenever I'm at the 101, I, I take Josh Allen. Um, it's funny because the only league that I have Patrick Mahomes in, I'm, I, I came to second place last year and I upgraded from Lamar Jackson to Patrick Mahomes. I paid a lot to do so, but I felt like up, upgrading from Lamar to Mahomes kind of put me over that that hump. Yeah. Um, and that's just something that you have to do to acquire Patrick Mahomes. You have to give the the farm and the beach house for Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, you yeah. know, just just to acquire him. And 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 I was willing to do that in that league because I felt like I had the the depth and the capability of doing it. But when I go into startups, you know, if I was to go into a startup tomorrow and I had the one-on-one, I would probably consider Patrick Mahomes, but not necessarily because I have him as my QB1. But like you've said multiple times, we like I like to hedge my bets as well. Right. In the case that I'm wrong or in the case that Josh Allen gets hurt, I don't want every every team of mine to be 
to just be done. Because when you lose a first-round draft pick like we talked about Kelsey earlier, it kind of cripples your team for that year. Yeah, yeah. So now question number seven, who will be the biggest riser at the quarterback position? Well, I'm going to be a little bit of a homer here and say – Let me preface this by saying this is the guy we expect to rise the most between right now and February, a few days after Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm going to be a little bit of a homer and and say Mac Jones. Um, Like I said a little while ago, he did have a good rookie season. And then last year he was given just a – I don't even – I can't even call him an offensive coordinator because I'm pretty sure I could call plays better than he did. Um, uh, with all due respect to Matt Patricia, he's a fine defensive coordinator. He should have been nowhere near the offensive side of the ball. Now Mac has been given an actual offensive coordinator. Um, he, his, his offense, I guess you could say has gotten better. Although in my personal opinion, it got worse. Um, he did add Keishon Boutte, which, you know, will be the uh, wide receiver one come next year. So, um, <laughs> But uh, well, we <laughs> but uh, you know he he's being drafted as the QB twenty seven right now, and I think his ceiling is right around QB fifteen. I think I think he's that's where he's going to end up come February. So you think who? So who does he move ahead? Just give me some names. Um, you know Jared Goff. Uh, he probably moves. You know he'll move ahead of, pl- of people like Sam Howell. Sam Howell's being drafted ahead of him right now. Right. Um. Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. Geno Smith. Geno Smith definitely. I don't Aaron I don't Rogers. think I don't think Desmond Ritter is being drafted ahead of him right now. I think Desmond Ritter is more closer to QB thirty. But yeah, like Aaron Rodgers, you know, some of the older deteriorating, you know, maybe Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, maybe. You know, th- right. those type of guys. The the guys who are declining in age, I think Mac vaults ahead of them because I think he goes out and shows where he did in his rookie year. Okay. So I had two that I wanted to choose. It was very hard to decide between the two of them. But I will say the second guy that I'm not going to talk about is Jordan Love. But a lot of the reasons that you will hear about the guy I'm going to talk about also apply to Jordan Love. So the guy I'm going to talk about is Kenny Pickett. And I, I know that this is not going to be a popular opinion in some of the groups that I'm part of uh, as I've just discuss this in group chat in length in some of them and nobody very few people agree with me on a take like this but I just think Kenny Pickett has enough talent he's not the most talented guy in the, in the league I'm not saying that but he has enough talent with all the resources that the Pittsburgh Steelers have put around him with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens and I think Allen Robinson is an underrated pickup this year I really do uh, Pat Fryermuth being one of the top 10 tight ends in the league. They, they spent resources, draft capital, and free agent dollars to bolster their offensive line. Uh, they have, for my money, the best current coach in the NFL. If, if you don't think he's the best, he's one of the top two or three guys, no doubt about it. Uh, the franchise as a whole – is probably over the duration of the entire league has been the most successful, most best well-run franchise out there. I think that matters. I just think that he's been put in in a position to succeed. Uh, And I think that he probably is a little bit more talented than most people give him credit for. 
And I had these feelings already. And I'm not a big one to buy into preseason. I'm not. You, how many times this year have you heard me say preseason doesn't matter? At least matter? 15. Yeah. And, and, I, and I really don't believe it matters. But the one thing from this preseason, because it was so consistent, every drive that, that Kenny Pickett was involved in, they scored a touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. And he looked good on every single drive. Because I already believed that he, he was going to have this big ascension this year, I feel like that that maybe means a little bit because it was so consistent. It's not like he went out there and he was looked really good two out of three times or two out of four times. It was every time he was on the field. Every time that first team offense was on the field, they looked awesome. Now they'll probably crumble like little bitches come Sunday, but I don't think so. I think that this this is going to be a great year for Kenny Pickett. I'm not predicting an MVP. I'm not predicting an All-Pro or a Pro Bowl or anything like that. But in terms of dynasty value, I think he can climb over a lot of these guys because I do think he'll be very productive. And some of these guys are going to drop, even if they're super productive. Like Rodgers. Like Rodgers. Like, like Wilson. Like Wilson. Like uh, Kirk Cousins, for goodness sakes. And I love Kirk Cousins, but he's getting long in the tooth. He's going to start losing dynasty value just because of his age. Uh, Jared Goff, to a lesser degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also think he can move ahead of guys like Daniel Jones because I think he, I think Kenny Pickett might have a better year than Daniel Jones, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. I think Tua Tagovailoa because of the injury co- uh, concerns. Uh, honest to goodness, one more concussion, and I think Tua Tagovailoa is out of the league. I'm not wishing that for him. I hope the kid plays for another decade. I personally just don't see it. So I think Kenny Pickett can move ahead of him. I think that uh, – I'm going to get into some ones that people are really going to disagree with. I think if Anthony Richardson is as average as I think he's going to be, I think Kenny Pickett could be ahead of him in Dynasty Value this time next year. Or Fields. Or Fields. I think that's a long shot with Fields, but I think it's possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely think that he can move ahead of C.J. Stroud because I think that C.J. Stroud is going to suffer – this offseason from the same thing that that Kenny Pickett suffered from last year. The first year as a quarterback uh, in a system, let's be honest, that, that that's it's the first year in the league for this system. Uh, it's first year for, for Stroud in general. I think Kenny Pickett will do enough. C.J. Stroud will have, a, I think, a very average to bad year as a rookie, and I think Kenny Pickett will move ahead of him in dynasty value. Uh, I don't know if it'll always stay that way, but I think that that's where we'll be at in February. This one will be really controversial, but I firmly believe that Kyler Murray will not play a game this season for the Arizona Cardinals. He will get traded. Who knows where he lands? It could be anywhere at at this point. Well, not anywhere, but it could be a number of locations with, with teams with quarterback issues. I think that there is a possibility that if, Kyler Murray doesn't play this year, and he gets a less than desirable landing spot that Kenny Pickett could move ahead of him in value this time in February. Of course, I guess in February, we won't technically know where he lands, but you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Kenny Pickett has too small a hands. I don't agree with anything you just said. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I believe in Kenny Pickett has too small hands almost about as much as I believe in Bryce Young is too short. That's how <laughs> yeah. I feel about those two yep. things. <laughs> They don't matter. Not really. Okay, uh, who's going to fall the most amongst the quarterbacks in dynasty value from now to February? You're up first, Luigi. Um, I would have to personally say Justin Fields. Um, you make a very good argument with Kyla Murray, 
Um, I just think that Kyler Murray will at least still be a starter next year. And if Justin Fields performs the way that I worry that he's going to perform, then I'm not sure that the Bears won't be looking to replace him in the draft. Um, so I, I think because right now what he's being drafted as a QB 10, maybe QB 9, somewhere around there. I don't have him nearly that high, but I think that's roughly where the dynasty community values him. I think it's very possible that he won't even be a starter next year. Um, I think Kyler will at least be traded somewhere. Kyler could be traded to the Bears next year, for all I know. You know what I mean? That so, would be something. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I think I think Justin Fields has the most to lose while he is being drafted where he's being drafted. So of all the guys that we've talked about that I've talked about not having a lot of faith in. I think Fields could fall some. I think Anthony Richardson could fall some. I think Murray falls for just for the fact that he's not probably going to play in my mind. So I'm going to go with a different answer. Maybe this guy doesn't fall more than these other guys, but maybe he falls just as much. I just think it's going to be a rough year for C.J. Stroud. I, I like C.J. Stroud long term. I, I think once uh, Houston builds some things around him, which might be – take a while considering they don't they have their first year. next mm-hmm. year. I think once they put some things around, I think CJ Stroud can be a, you know, top 15 ish, get, get back to where his value is right now. For well, where's his value right now? Where would you say? I think his value, he's around, he's somewhere between 12 and 15 mm-hmm. on the list. I think he's going to fall down from that. I think guys like Pickett and love are going to move ahead of him. I think veterans like that give you two to three years, like, Cousins and Goff could even move ahead of of uh, C.J. Stroud. Uh, but I do think Stroud will eventually get the value back, like I said. But in this, Febu- this February, I think, will be a good time for those of us who believe in C.J. Stroud to go buy him. I think he'll be cheaper than he is right now. I definitely think he'll be cheaper than he is right now. Because like you said, I, I don't think that they're going to have a great year. I think they're going to be mostly a running offense. And who knows? I mean, Nico Collins and Tank Dell could be – great wide receivers for Stroud. I'm not saying they'll be good wide receivers, but I think they could be great wide receivers for Stroud. It, it, he could very well stay where he's valued at. But I just – I agree with you. I don't see that happening. I definitely think they're going to be one of the more disappointing offenses in the league to where he himself is extremely disappointing. So let's finish up the quarterbacks with a bold prediction. Let, let's start with you. My bold prediction, we kind of – talked about this a little bit earlier i might have hinted at it a little bit um i think justin herbert has the best year for a quarterback ever i think he throws the most yards i think he throws the most touchdowns um and i think better than the manning year from Manning than the manning year well you gotta remember there is one more game yeah so so i'm i don't necessarily think he'll have better per game stats but i think overall i think it's possible that he can achieve the 5,600 yards and 55 touchdowns because there is 17 games as opposed to 16 games. So, yeah, I think that's my bold prediction. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling with this. I, I don't, I don't have one as of right now. Some of the things maybe I've already talked about might be considered a little bold. Like Burrow winning MVP and such. With pick, picking mm-hmm. ascending and so on. So maybe I feel like I've already co- covered the bold prediction part. But one of them's just kind of sprouted into my head. And this is more of a, not a dynasty, but from a dynasty value standpoint, 
so I'm going to go with a little different with this. My bold prediction is that Patrick Mahomes does not finish in the top five in production this year. Uh, I think with Kelsey being out for a couple of games and a wide receivers core of, of who's who, uh, I think that we might see the worst Patrick Mahomes year that we've seen to date. That offensive line is pretty decimated. You know, they yeah. didn't resign some people. Their defense isn't good. So they're, I mean, I guess that could actually help the offense in terms of if the defense continuously gets three and outs and the offense is just going right. to be on the field more. But honestly, I think being on the field more is kind of what helps Patrick Mahomes in production. Yeah. So I agree with that statement. I, I'm not sure that Patrick Mahomes has enough around him. And that's kind of weird to say because he is Patrick Mahomes. But there are just there are other quarterbacks, Herbert, Burrow, Hurts, that have so much – such a better offense around them. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, this isn't so much a bold prediction, but I would be very surprised if the top six, the consensus top six, is not exactly the same this time next year. Maybe not in number for number, but I think Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Hurts, Herbert, and Trevor Lawrence will be your top six in February, just like they are now. All right, let's move on to the running backs. Luigi, who is your current QB, or sorry, current running back one in dynasty value, or not yours? Who do you think the consensus is? I don't think any other name can be said but B. John Robinson. Absolutely. Right let's move on to number yeah. two. <laughs> who finishes as RB1 in production this season? In production. I have been saying for the last few weeks, maybe a couple of months now, that I think the RB1 will be Nick Chubb. Um, I think losing Kareem Hunt is just going to add to his um, production. He was hurt last year, and I'm pretty sure he still finished as a top 10 RB. Uh, I just I don't think any any other running back has the ceiling that Nick Chubb has. I think that offense is going to get better from last year, even a couple of years ago, and and I just I think he has the capability of producing the most rushing yards and the most touchdowns. So I think that it's finally time for the, for the fantasy community to start respecting Austin Eckler for the awesome player that he is. He seemingly has never hurt. Am I right about that, Luigi? He was hurt a little bit last year, but that's the first time. So he's missed like a couple like of three games, games in max. four years yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And he's consent because of that and because he's also very, very good, very, very Definitely. productive on – you know, a decent amount of touches, but it's not like he's a, a super workhorse back or anything. Uh, he, he finished last year as the RB1 by a decent margin, like three or four points over the next highest person, I think. Uh, he was like second or third the year before and third, third or fourth the year before that. I find it really hard to bet against Austin Eckler. The only guy that I would is in the conversation for me if he plays a full, healthy season – Christian McCaffrey could get there. I could see Nick Chubb as well. I, I just feel like there's more injury concerns with him. Uh, he's not the pass-catching threat that Austin Eckler is. And if your uh, theory on Justin Herbert is right, you got to think that Austin Eckler is going to get a decent amount of that. Definitely. I just I, I think the offense of the Cleveland Browns is going to be better than it was a few years ago. And if I'm not Should. mistaken, a few years ago he finished as the RB3. Uh, Nick Chum did. He's had some big years. Yeah. So I just I think 
I think he can produce 1,500 rushing yards and, I mean, 15 touchdowns. And that's not to say that I don't think Austin Eckler can't either because you're 100% correct. I think Austin Eckler has the second best with Christian McCaffrey being the, the third. Honestly, I could really see Christian McCaffrey having 1,000-1,000. Like, it's not yeah. entirely out of the question that that happens. He has that capability. If he stays healthy. If he stays healthy, yeah. I mean, especially with the 17-game season. Uh, I, I definitely – any of those three guys could finish as the RB1. I just think I'm kind of going as a – I don't want to say bold prediction, but I'm kind of going as, you know, one of those out of – you know, off the off the forehead type type guesses. And I'm, I'm going to say it's Nick Chubb because I don't necessarily think very many people would put him. I think a lot of people have Bijan Robinson or Christian McCaffrey or Austin Eckler. Not very many people have Austin Eckler. Like you said, he's very – Underrated. He's very disrespected. Very disrespected. He he is constantly an RB one, constantly a top five RB. And I think in redraft, people are coming around to it. Yeah, but his value in dynasty is still atrocious. Not, it's not where it should be. Uh, okay, uh, QB one in February consensus. I think this one's pretty easy. I think yeah. I still think it'll be Bijan. Uh, Bijan would have to have just a terrible rookie season for this not to be the case, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, most running back shares. Who 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 are you own the most of here? I own seven shares of Brees Hall. Um, oh, oh, that's nice. I uh, I I kind of was drafting him around the one hundred one and one hundred two last year. I, I always considered him to be the, the running back one of the class. And then when he got hurt, I was able to trade other running backs. You know, I, I want to say I made like a a Kenneth Walker and a second type trade for Bijan Robinson last year. And and like those type of trades I was able to do. And I was perfectly happy with that. I think one league I even got uh, Bruce Hall and a first for like Nick Chubb last year. Like, like I was just able to acquire him for extremely cheap and, and I was perfectly happy and willing to do so. Well, my most owned running back by quite a bit, of all the top 20 at the position for me, I have double as many shares of this guy as the next closest guy, and it is Jameer Gibbs. Part of that was circumstance and having a lot of picks in that four to six, third, actually three to six range, depending mm-hmm. on the league, uh, and, and just drafting a lot of Jameer Gibbs because he was the best guy available and at, at a position that I needed because traditionally, we, as we've talked about on the show, I generally get my running backs in the rookie drafts because I'm, I don't take them until I'm ready to win. Um, so that's part of it. The reason why I have so many shares of Jameer Gibbs. Also, part of it is I do really believe in Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I, the Lions believe in Jameer Gibbs. Maybe a little bit too much uh, to the point where they decided to take him with the 12th overall pick when he probably would have been easily available when they picked at 19th or maybe even in the second round. Who knows? Uh, but I have, with, with the Issues with Jonathan Taylor and with Brees Hall starting the year a little bit hurt. I actually still have Hall ahead of him, but I've moved Jameer Gibbs because of age and and other factors like that. I've moved him all the way up to running back three on my list, which I I know for a lot of people would be very high. And no, I don't expect him to outproduce McCaffrey or Eckler or even guys like Jacobs this year. I don't expect that. But as far as dynasty value goes, that's where I have him as running back three right now. Okay, so uh, moving on to most rookie running back shares. Uh, you know, obviously mine's Jameer Gibbs, so we'll just move right along to Luigi here. 
Uh, mine is Roshan Johnson. Uh, I've been a big fan of him. He was pretty productive behind Bijan Robinson in Texas. Um, and then he was drafted to an extremely heavy run first offense. And I just, uh, you, I was able to get him, you know, middle of the second, late of the second in a lot of drafts. And I think he can easily outperform that that landing spot. So I have seven shares of Roshan Johnson. Yeah, yeah. I love Roshan in his position. I love where you get him in drafts. Unfortunately, I was not in a position in any of the drafts I was in with all the – I had 40-plus uh, firsts and like 30-some-odd some seconds. I was never in position to get Roshan Johnson. There was always either someone better that I had higher on the list or he went in a patch – he got taken right before me. So, mm-hmm. but, so unfortunately, I don't have any shares of that guy. I'm kind of kind of upset about that. Uh, so name some running backs that you have few shares of. We'll start with you here. Uh, I have one share of Travis Etienne. I have one share of Nick Chubb. Um, it's just about me. Circumstance. Probably. Circumstance, me preferring other running backs over them. A lot of people are higher on Travis Etienne than I am. Um, and, and it's just, you know, like I'll, I'll say it again, you know, like there are some trades where I would be able to trade uh, Nick Chubb for Bruce Hall in a first in, in a league. And it, I just, I couldn't turn down that value because I still have Bruce Hall higher than Chubb right now, you know, on my, on my ranking. So being able to get a first for a running back that, that I felt like was is worse in value and a better running back. It just I, I couldn't not accept that. So whenever I have these guys and I get or I send out offers because I'm not competing, or I just I'm able to get so much better value in return. So there and and like I said, ETN, I've never been very high on ETN. The Dynasty mm-hmm. community probably has him as a top ten R, RB. Yeah. And I just I'm not sure that that's where I have him. So I just I always look for value whenever it comes to, to running running backs especially I'm always looking for for value. So the technical answer for me is Tony Pollard and Nick Chubb. Those are the two guys in the top my top twenty that I have no shares of. With Chubb, it is absolutely not about not liking him because I love mm-hmm. Nick Chubb. Just for whatever reason, haven't been able to pick up shares from him for of him. The guy on my win now teams that you know the guy I, either I don't need running backs or. The person that has Chubb doesn't want to come off of them. And like in starter drafts, I know you prefer to go quarterbacks in the in the, in the area that he gets yes. drafted at. So there, there, that has a lot to do with I'm it. I'm never going to get Nick Chubb in the startup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. Uh, Tony Pollard, uh, I didn't really like him before this year because I, I didn't like the dynamic with Zeke. Uh, even though last year it worked out really well for Tony mm-hmm. Pollard, I, I actually I, Tony Pollard is my running back 13 this year. Uh, and I might even move him up a little bit higher if I'd updated my rankings recently. But uh, I certainly wasn't going to – I didn't have any shares of him going into this season. I certainly wasn't going to buy any shares of him with the, with the extended price now. Mm-hmm. So so that's the technical answer. The real answer for me on who do I not have very many shares of at running back is, well, all of them. Because the only time that I invest in running backs, high-value running backs, is when I'm ready to win. All of them but Jameer Gibbs. Well, <laughs> Jameer Gibbs still, like I said, all those teams where I drafted Jameer Gibbs are teams that I expect to win now with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would pass on Jameer Gibbs for basically any of the top three quarterbacks and maybe even JSN if if I was win later. So a lot of times 
a lot of my running back shares are of younger guys like uh, Brees Hall. I have three shares of, which is one of my highest share stakes. Um, Kenneth Walker, another young guy, because I get most of my running back shares of high value guys. I get in the rookie drafts. That's just my strategy. I don't like to carry uh, veteran running backs on bad teams to just lose seasons of value on them. I, I like to get those guys out of there. So that's why I end up only having one share of uh, guys. Up until recently, I traded for my second, first and second share of Christian McCaffrey. I had no shares of him, uh, but I got a couple of leagues where I had a bunch of draft picks that were going to be spent on Jordan Addison and uh, Quentin Johnson. For the my, 15th time. For the, Yeah, for like my seventh and eighth mm-hmm. shares. So I traded those shares to go get me a, a running back, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, you know, Eckler, I've got a couple of shares of, you know, just got those veteran running backs. I just don't carry them on my teams very often unless I'm ready to ready to win the championship. Uh, Bijan, unfortunately, is another guy I only have one share of because guess how many shares I had of the 101? One. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, let's look at biggest riser at the position. Uh, so who will be – the, the running back who gains the most dynasty value between today and middle of February, Luigi. Um, I think my biggest riser is going to end up being Roshan Johnson. Like I said, he went to an extremely heavy running team and you're able to get him in the middle of the second round right now. I think by the end of, or by the beginning of February, he'll probably be that team's starter for the foreseeable future um, so he'll go from, I don't know, I don't know where people have him ranked right now. Let's just say RB45 is probably where some some people would rank him right around. He'll probably end up being an RB2. This one's difficult for me. Rosers at the running back position are, are really hard to predict, in my opinion. A lot of times it has to do with injury. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just opportunity. And sometimes you don't know where that opportunity is going to be. But a guy that that comes to mind that I think could shoot up the the dynasty value board is Condre Miller. Uh, I think that Kamara's days in New Orleans might be somewhat numbered. You know, I don't think Jamal Williams is a long-term answer. I think Condre Miller showed in college that he does have uh, running and pass-catching ability. Uh, he might be the third best combination of that in this year's rookie class behind, you know, the two studs. Um, personally, I, I think he probably was, if I had to, I know most people would have Charbonnet ahead of Miller, uh, as far as, you know, sheer talent, but I kind of think it's Conrad Miller, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Uh, I like the situation better than than that of, of a guy like Charbonnet's because I think after this year he will definitely have less competition for carries. Uh, so I'm not real. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't really have confidence. a lot of strong confidence in this pick because I'm not very good at picking running back risers. But Conrad Miller is a guy that I think could shoot up the board. Yeah, yeah. I definitely like Kendrick Miller. I think coming out of college before the combine, I think a lot of people had him as as their RB3 or or RB4. And, you know, he was drafted to a team that that they thought already had their 
starting running back in Alvin Kamara. But since then, a lot of wavering has happened. It's very possible that we go into 2024 with Kondre Miller being the RB1 on the Saints. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who's going to fall the most? I don't think any running back can fall as far as Kenneth Walker can if Charbonnet ends up being what a lot of people suspect him to be. If yeah. he comes in and, and, and takes over that backfield, because let's face it, I, I'm a huge, I was a huge Kenneth Walker fan. And I even said in some podcasts probably that I don't worry about Zach Charbonnet. And, and, and I really don't. I don't. But yeah. the dynasty community in general is what we're talking about. And the dynasty community in general had already has Kenneth Walker falling. And if Charbonnet comes in and is better than Kenneth Walker, I mean, what, Kenneth Walker's probably a top 10 running back right now. If Charbonnet comes in and is a better running back, it doesn't shock me if he falls out of being an RB2 period. He could go yeah. from being a top 10 RB to a 30-35 right around there. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I think I think he would be the biggest one to worry about. For me, this is this might be cheating, but I think it's absolutely Derrick Henry. Uh, this is, you know, potentially the last ride for Derrick Henry, I think. Uh, especially from a dynasty fan, dynasty value standpoint, he gets that big ugly three zero number placed next to him his name uh, next year, and that's basically uh, dynasty death, death center from mm-hmm. running backs. Uh, and you know he's probably being taken somewhere between seventeen to twenty right now in uh, startup drafts. I think he could drop into the thirties. I think you could see guys like Andre Miller, Charbonnet, uh, Rocha, any of these guys that we're talking His about. His backup, Tajay Spears. It, Tajay Spears might be worth more than Derrick Henry in February. Mm-hmm. If he shows any flash at all, I think you could see that because mm-hmm. I think we all know that the Titans are going to move away from Derrick Henry. Henry sooner rather than later. Yep. So uh, that's my answer on that. And that, like I said, does feel a little bit like cheating. Uh, bold prediction for the running backs. What would your bold prediction be? My bold prediction is that Roshan Johnson finishes as the rookie RB2. Behind Bijan. Behind right? Bijan, yes. I have Bijan and then Roshan Johnson. I really hope for my six shares of Junior Gibbs that that is false. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is a bold prediction, so I will accept it. <laughs> what about you, Joe? Running back so hard for me. Every every single position, every single question is so hard for me because I'm just not invested in these guys because I know they're so short term. But looking at the list, if I had to make a bold prediction right now, okay, I got one. DeAndre Swift is better than we think he is. And what I mean by that is I think that everyone expects for Kenneth Gainwell and Rashad Penny to at some point take over the starting job or at least cut into DeAndre Swift's production enough that that making DeAndre Swift basically irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Yes. I still believe in DeAndre Swift's talent, even though the Lions didn't. The Lions didn't. Mm -hmm. And that's – you know, whenever Ryan and I had this discussion way back in the third or fourth episode of the podcast, when we did our first mock draft, and I told him that his taking DeAndre Swift was cr- in the third round was crazy. 
I still believe that, but I think he can be better than where he's at right now. I think DeAndre Swift can be a potentially a high running back too if Philadelphia uses him in the right way. I, you know, I think the biggest problem in Detroit was that they weren't using him correctly. And I, I'm a little hesitant to, to make this prediction because – Philadelphia certainly didn't use Miles Sanders right, in my opinion. Boston Scott took touchdowns. Yeah. So, I don't, again, with all my other running back predictions, I don't feel insanely safe with this one. But it's, I think that DeAndre Swift's getting just a tad bit more hate than he deserves right now. All right. Moving on to the wide receivers. Let's just answer question number one, two, and three in unison. The current quarterback one did consensus in Dynasty. Wide receiver one, just to clarify. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Current wide receiver one in Dynasty, who finishes at wide receiver one in production, and wide receiver one in February, Dynasty value will be Justin Jefferson. Come on. No, well, okay. So I have Justin Jefferson, answer one, and answer three. But if you honestly believe that Joe Burrow has an MVP-type season, then I think it's quite possible that Jamar Chase finishes as the wide receiver one in production. It's possible. Sure it is. But he doesn't have to because Higgins is also there. Sure. I just I, – I I think that it is – if I – in my redraft rankings, I have Justin uh, Jamar Chase being the wide receiver one in production this year. Oh. But, but it's not completely out of the question for me to think that one, two, and three in both of these is Justin Jefferson. It's just personally – Oh. It is for me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, I think it's possible that that Jamar Chase finishes as the wide receiver one in production. Right on, right on. So most wide receiver shares. Who have you got the most wide receiver shares? Uh, for veterans, because I'm just, I'm going to do veterans, and then I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to put my rookie as the the next question. But my veteran that I have the most uh, shares of is Christian Kirk. I have six of those. Um, I think I was taking him at the end of the first, uh, early second in, um, in rookie drafts. Um, I, I think his rookie draft was actually the first time I ever played Dynasty, if I'm not mistaken. His was the, the first rookie draft mm-hmm. of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. So, it was in that yeah, I remember. <laughs> um, so, I, I think that was honestly my only share of him in a rookie draft but I was still consistently getting him around that same value in startup auctions and startup drafts. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's Amon Ross St. Brown. I have four shares of him, which is a 20% share stake for me. Love me some Amon Ra. Uh, got in on, got in on him when he was cheap uh, before you had to pay a ridiculous amount for him. Uh, got in for three shares that way. Uh, he is currently my wide receiver five. I uh, also got a share in a, a trade with you in a, in a startup draft we did mm-hmm. this year. So, uh, yeah, it's Amon Ra for me. Uh, but I have a lot. Wide receiver is a position where going down the list, like two two shares of Jeff, two shares of Chase, only one of Lamb. That's mostly circumstance. I love CD Lamb. Three of AJ, three of Garrett Wilson, three. I'm invested in all of these guys. Yeah. You know, it just happens to be where they fall in startup drafts. I, I draft wide receivers over running backs, so I have shares of everybody except for T. Higgins uh, for some reason. Uh, and I, some of the veteran guys I don't have shares of because I've traded them off of, of win later mm-hmm. teams and, and yeah. so on and so forth. But 
uh, the top uh, top guys, I have quite a few shares of the, the younger guys. Uh, next up, most rookie uh, shares of wide receivers. Uh, I had the most shares of Jordan Addison. I have seven of them. Um, I, I think in in drafts, I was able to – I would be at like the 105, 106, not really need a quarterback. And people who need the quarterbacks like 107, 108 would be like, you know, it would, would offer me a first in 2024 even to move up yeah. to get their quarterback. And and when I, when I don't need a quarterback, and, and while I don't want to lose out on value quarterbacks, I felt like getting two firsts was, was good enough value right. in return. So I was able to trade back a lot. And also I just had – the 107, 108, mostly right around there. And and yeah. in, in non-tight end premium, there's no reason to take anybody but either QJ or uh, Jordan Addison. And, and I'm a, I believe more in Jordan Addison than I do in Quentin Johnson. Well, same here. I have three shares of JSN. I've actually traded a share of JSN. Uh, obviously, I have him higher than Addison and QJ. But I have more shares of both Addison at five and QJ at four, mm-hmm. just because I had a lot more picks in the seven to nine range mm-hmm. than I did in the the five six range. Yep. So, uh, lots of shares of Addison and, and QJ for that reason. Uh, only three shares of Flowers. I don't, I don't know if I have, but maybe one share of Flowers. Or, I just you know. whenever I was going to draft Flowers, I was it was probably tight in premium, and and I would rather. Like Laporta, I'm just not a I'm not a Flowers yeah. guy, and I'm not a Baltimore wide receiver guy. So it just yeah. it, just two strikes against against him. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, name some wide receivers that you have very few few to no shares of. Well, like I just said, Zay Flowers. Um, I think I only have like one share of Jerry Judy, maybe one yeah. share, one or two shares of Ceedee Lamb. Not because I don't like Ceedee Lamb, but Whenever, whenever I'm in drafts, I just feel like I prefer taking quarterbacks in that position. Right, right. So for me, it's uh, of the top twenty. It's T. Higgins. Interestingly, I I just don't like him as much as other people do. I, I would rather have a Drake London or a DK Metcalf or Devonta Smith over T. Higgins. I don't think that's always the case with everybody. So I end up getting priced out of T. Higgins in a lot of startup drafts. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs have no shares of those guys. As I've said, I've had shares of those guys in the past, but whenever whenever I break a team down, I get rid of the veterans. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just Definitely. I ship them. You know, uh, I don't just ship them for nothing, but whenever I get a deal that I, I, I feel is good, I, I, I ship them. Don't have any shares of Michael Pittman. Uh, I don't care for him now because of Anthony Richardson. Had nothing against him before this year. Just didn't happen to have any shares of him. But uh, everybody, all the other top wide receivers, I have at least uh, one or two shares of. All right. Uh, Biggest riser at the position, wide receiver. So Luigi and I have the same riser here. Uh, I'm going to let him talk about uh, Christian Watson first, and and then I'll chime in. Yeah, you know, he performed pretty solid um, last year. He started off really slow, but once he finally caught his his groove, where he scored what was it six touchdowns in four games or something like that. Like I, I don't know of anybody else on that offense that Jordan Love will be throwing to. 
And I just I think his ceiling is is extremely high. I think he's probably being drafted somewhere around wide receiver eighteen, maybe somewhere around there. And I think it's highly possible that he vaults into uh, a top twelve wide receiver. Um, I think he has the capability of it. I it would not shock me to see him go for like I don't know eighty. 1310 and, and somewhere around there this year. Um, and, and I think a lot of people are going to start drafting him a lot higher than they are right now. I'm going to add on to just some things I didn't hear you say. I would add Jordan Love to that list because mm-hmm. I believe in Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason. Uh, I would also uh, mention that I fully expect him to move ahead of guys for just for the reason of him being so young. And I expect him to be better. He's going to move ahead of this. Stephon Diggs of the world, the Adams, the Cup, the I think he'll move ahead of Tyreek Hill. Uh, you know, it, going past the veterans, I feel like he'll have a more productive year than T. Higgins. And whenever you're the number one on the team versus the number two, you're going to move ahead of that guy. Mm-hmm. We, we know that. Uh, I think he maybe even moves ahead of Jackson Smith and Jigba. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, JSN is clearly ahead of him in value. Uh, Drake London's also ahead of him in value. I can see him moving ahead of that guy. Yeah, I can see him moving ahead of DK Metcalf because I think there's going to be a lot of competition for targets in mm-hmm. Seattle. I could see Christian Watson potentially, hear that word, potentially being into the top 10 in dynasty value come come February. I, I, I see a scenario where that, that happens. His end of last year where he just seemingly came out of nowhere and just caught fire reminds me so much of what Amon Ra did as a rookie of a couple of years ago, where he was basic for the first 12 weeks, came out of nowhere, caught fire. And I've never looked back, never looked back. Mm-hmm. Amon Ra got no respect for that. No. He still had no value. Mm-hmm. At least Watson's like in that top 20 range, but I still think maybe we're undervaluing what he did mm-hmm. in the last season. And I know everyone's going to say it was touchdown base. Well, a lot of Amon Ra's was touchdown base too. He was had one or two touchdowns. It's mostly about confidence, you know. Yeah. As a rookie, you got to have the confidence. You know, there the reason that players like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson were able to be so good in in their rookie years was they already had that. I don't, I don't want to say cockiness, but confidence about them. They they knew going onto the field, they were the guys for this offense. Yeah. And and I mean they proved it. They came out and proved it. And, and Christian Watson, it did take him a little while to get that confidence. But but from the moment that he got that confidence, I want to say, what was it, week 12, week 11 last year? Yeah, I mean, there weren't very, very many better wide receivers over the course of water, of uh, week 11 to, to week 17 last year than Christian Watson. And it's just it, – it, it wouldn't surprise me to see, like you said, a lot of what Amon Ra did was touchdown base, and he – came out and said, I'm the wide receiver one on this team. I'm the guy that you need to be thrown to. And they never looked back. And I, I agree with you 100%. I, I think Jordan Love has the capability of of feeding Christian Watson to help Christian Watson be a top 10 wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So who is your biggest faller? Well, with the news of his hamstring injuries and the news of – Matthew Stafford, considering this to be his last year, I'm not sure that anybody will fall farther than Cooper Cup. I it's I mean, it's quite possible that he doesn't play for the first six weeks this year. And he is getting up there in age. 
Next year, obviously, he's going to be another year older. Matthew Stafford may not be on the team. Who knows what direction that team goes in next year? They're already trading away pieces. They very well may be in another rebuild mode come next year. I just I don't think that he that he should be drafted as a even maybe even a wide receiver two next year. Now that's not saying that he won't produce that, but would you rather draft a guy who produces? wide receiver one, a wide receiver one for one year or a guy that produces wide receiver two for 10 years. Right. And that's what, that's what it's going to come down to. Would I rather this young guy who will be in the league for the next 10 years or Cooper Cup who may be in the league one more year. Right. I'm going to cheat a little bit. So in my personal rankings, I have players 14 through 17 are Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, and Stephon Diggs. And I think that's pretty close to where the consensus has these guys too. Maybe a little higher on some of them, maybe a little lower on some of the other ones. I think all these four guys, because of things that they don't even have any control of, which is age, father time, time. you've got a ton of young, potentially good or great wide receivers right behind them on these lists. We talked about Christian Watson, Jordan Addison, Quinton Johnson, Traylon Burks, Jerry Judy. Uh, Debo's still in the mix, I think. Michael Pittman, if everybody's right about if, – if most people are right about Anthony Richardson, Michael Pittman's going to shoot up in value. George Pickens, Jahan Dotson, the list goes on and on and on and on. And I think you could see a large number of these guys, if they produce this year, they can move ahead of all of those guys. I, I really think that that's a possibility. Every year that we do Dynasty football, we see a sh- more and more of a shift in people putting value in younger potential failures with potential value every year the veterans become worth less and less uh, value I, I think you feel the same way there, definitely right, and i just think that this is a kind of a, a period of time where you've got all these guys all these great superstars of the of not the past really but of the present that are going to be considered worth less than a whole clump of these guys that are right behind them now, some of these guys will fall off, of course, because not all of them are going to succeed. But I can see 60 to 70% of them succeeding. I think that's fair. Uh, so I think that uh, all four of those guys who are currently in my top uh, 17, I think all those guys could potentially might fall out of the top 25. It's possible. Maybe even top 30. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of the veterans losing value uh, and continuously losing value year after year has a lot to do with it. I feel like it's gotten a whole lot harder to trade for close to even value. Mm-hmm. The, the, the more that more people join dynasty and the more dynasty leagues that people add to their repertoire, uh, the, the harder it is to trade with them. Everybody's always wanting to win a trade. I feel like, and, and, and while obviously I want to win a trade, it, I don't have to win a trade right now to win a trade in the future, but everybody seems to want to win the trade right now. So no, people are tending to draft veterans less and less because it's harder for them to trade those veterans later on down the road yeah. to quote unquote, win the trade now. And, and that, I think that's a big problem with the dynasty community right now is, is it's, it's hard to get anything done for cl- even close to even value. Everybody has to blow the trade out of the water. I don't think, I don't think it's hard to get deals done for even value. I just think that everybody always wants to keep their younger assets and nobody wants to, nobody wants to trade their younger assets. 
everybody wants to get rid of veterans and it's not so much about even value as it is that I want this certain type of asset. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, honestly, and I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm any different. I, I don't want, uh, I want Christian Watson on the majority of my teams over Stefan Diggs right now. Mm -hmm. I just do. Uh, if I'm ready, absolutely. I think I'm one of the best teams in the league. I might trade Christian Watson for Stefan Diggs, but if I think I'm middle of the pack or borderline playoff team, give me Christian Watson. And I think that that is everyone's in that mentality. And I've kind of don't blame them for being that way no, because that's, not. that's where I'm at. Yeah. I definitely don't blame them for being that way. I, I wouldn't want to trade Devonte. I wouldn't want to get trade Christian Watson for Devonte Adams. I just wouldn't. There's no reason in my mind. Yeah, Devonte Adams right. has two, three more years left. And, and while we know what Devonte Adams is, we know he's a very productive wide receiver. Right. Christian Watson is going to be in the league for, we hope, 10 more years. And I would just rather have those additional six, seven years of production. But I think that's more the problem other than what you're saying with people always want to win a trade. I think it's more about people want to win the right pieces in a trade. Well, I I guess what my point was is even if a team is extremely win now, they're clearly the best team in the league. They're they not, won Christian Watson they still over Stephon Christian Diggs. Watson over, over Stephon Diggs or Devontae Even Adams. though we can agree that those guys are pretty much the same value, right? Mm -hmm. Right now. Diggs and Watson are pretty much mm -hmm. the same value. But there are very few to no teams mm -hmm. that are going to make that trade. So, so teams are are tending to shy away from those wide receivers or, or yeah. running backs or quarterbacks on the fear that it, maybe it, I'm not the best team this year, and then I'm just going to have a deteriorating yeah. asset on my team. It's it's more about again more about less about the value winning the trade and about a value standpoint as it's is winning the trade as far as I get to keep the younger asset yeah. is what I think. Everybody's got the same uh, strategy in Dynasty. And I don't know how to, if I'm being honest with you, I don't know how we break that because it is easily the best strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, you, it, I, I, for doing, After doing this for six years, I've had too many teams that I thought had three to four years of shelf life with 26, 27, 28-year-old guys, and just out of nowhere, it just goes away, almost unpredictably sometimes. So it's really, with that in mind, I hear, you know, I feel like some people try to blame it on everyone else, like, oh, other people are the problem. Well, no, we're all part of the problem because none of us want to make these trades. I, I, I'm, first of all, I'm going to tell you right now, I have Devontae Adams ahead of Christian Watson in my rankings. Don't send me Devontae Adams for Christian Watson because I won't accept that. With pretty much every team I have, there might be one or two of my 20 teams where I am so close to winning. I think that I'm almost a shoe-in to win a championship. If I have Christian Watson, I might trade him for Devontae Adams. But even then, I'm probably going to be like, I can win a championship without him. And I just think that's everyone's mindset right now. So it, it is going to be interesting to see how Dynasty progresses going forward with everybody getting more intelligent and and basically going with one strategy that is easily the best strategy. I think there are going to be there's going to be ways for people to exploit that, but I'm not sure exactly in my own personal my own personal way that I look at things. I'm not sure I know how to do that as of yet. 
I mean, there's definitely a, a way to exploit it that I can name off the top of my head, which is to draft all these veterans, win the championship, and then bounce because you're just an asshole. I mean, I mean, I've seen it happen. People, people compile their teams with with the Devonte Adams and then the Stephon Diggs, win money, and then just leave. Yeah, but you are, uh, and 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 a lot of the people, most of the people in the dynasty community, the people that we're talking about. We're not going to do no, that. No, definitely not. I would never, ever do that. We're not in it just for the money aspect of it. Now, I've had teams before that I sold out for veterans, and the run came to an end. But guess what? I'm rebuilding in those mm-hmm. leagues now. I have a I have a league where I'm probably six years away from winning a championship. Oh, and, I've, a couple of them. And I'm still in that league. Super flex invitational. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm in that league still. I mean, I, I probably have more, more of them. I just know one off the top of my head. I am a long way away from winning a championship. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I considered leaving, but I've been in the league for multiple years. I haven't won a championship in that, in that league. I will say the only time that that is acceptable, in my opinion, is if you're leaving for other reasons. I, I do have did have a couple of teams this past year that were with a pay-to-play website. I'm not going to name who it is, but a lot of you that are listening know the uh, group that I'm talking about. Um, And I decided last year I'm going to start phasing these teams out because the guy who's running running the show is kind of a joke in all honesty. so I have started phasing some of those leagues out, and I will never again join another one of those leagues. Uh, so you know, you but you, you can bet your 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 ass that I'm not going to uh, if if I'm in a league with 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 a commissioner that I enjoy and a group of people that I enjoy, I'm not going to get in there, uh, draft a, a bunch of veterans, trade for a bunch of veterans, and then bounce as soon as my window's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, a perfect example of that would be the uh, GA TV league that I'm in, where I won it a couple of years ago. Decided to break my team down, and I yeah, and I'm still in there, and mm-hmm. my team's awful. That's how it goes. Yeah, you win, you rebuild. Yeah, uh, I, you know. And I did leave a lot of leagues this off season, but I felt like honestly, a lot of those leagues were good enough to win a championship. So it's not like I left those leagues in just a dumpster fire. I, I left leagues because I, I mean, not don't try not to get too personal, but I, I was a little overwhelmed in the off season. I honestly thought about leaving a lot more leagues. Yeah. And, and you know, anyone that's, that says that there's not a good reason ever to leave a league, well, you're just wrong because mm-hmm. there are good reasons. Uh, I'm not, as Luis was saying, he had like seven, I think I had like 55. Yeah, like 55 leagues at one point, and that's just way too much. And I've cut about 20 of those total off. Had, had, to, had to downsize. Um, if, if you're in a, in, in a league and, and the commissioner just isn't doing what they're supposed to, especially if you're paying for that service, honestly, uh, I hold commissioners to such a higher standard, uh, standard mm-hmm. if I'm paying them a rake. Um, if they're if you're paying them a rake and and they're not getting the job done and they're getting or they're getting the job done uh, not in a timely manner, then that is a re- and honestly the only reason I've ever left the league. Uh, and it's all this one group of <laughs> leagues. And I'm again I'm not going to name it, but most of you that listen to know know what I'm talking about. 
Um, so where are we at now? Are we talking about who's going to fall the most? At the yeah, yeah we're talking about that. We just need to talk about our bold prediction. Oh, a bold prediction. Let's let's hear a bold prediction for the wide receiver position. All right, my bold prediction. Drum roll. Jamar Chase has the best fantasy wide receiver season ever. Cooper wow. Cup just had it in 2021, and Jamar Chase is going to break it. I think it's 438 points is what Cooper Cup had. Um, I I can just see Jamar Chase topping that. I, I think it's quite possible he has 2,000 yards and 15 total touchdowns. Like, I mean, I, I, I think sky's the limit for Jamar Chase. I, I think that offensive line got so much better. I think Joe Burrow, like we've talked about multiple times, is just is so much better than Matthew Stafford was a couple of years ago. I just I don't think that this is that bold of a prediction. I think it's something that is quite that could quite possibly happen. Okay, okay. My bold prediction is that Amon Ross St. Brown replaces CeeDee Lamb as the uh, wide receiver three in dynasty value come February of 2024. Uh, as I stated earlier, Amon Ra is a guy that I believe in mightily. Uh, I think Detroit uh, is – that offense is going to get better. They're going to progress on what they did last year. They brought in a new piece in Jameer Gibbs, which I've already stated how much faith I have in him. I think that helps Amon Ra because that all – when is a running game not – helped an elite wide receiver. It mm-hmm. always helps. Always opens up from over the top. It always, always, it always opens that up. Um, I think that even though I'm not sure how good this guy actually is, I think that whenever, uh, oh my gosh, I can't think of his name. Will, Williams, the Williams, uh, the wide receiver for them. What's his first Jameson. name? Jameson. When Jameson Williams comes back from his uh, in, um, suspension. suspension, yeah. I think he's good enough that that takes some pressure off of Amon Ra in the passing game, and Amon Ra gets even better. I think Sam Laporta is just another weapon they added. Mm-hmm. So all of the things that we talked about earlier in the year that I think were bad moves by Detroit because they needed to address their defense, I even though I don't think they were the best moves for that team, I think that they squarely benefit both Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown. I think Amon Ross St. Brown is going to have a big year, and that's why I bought him in the auction this weekend. Yeah. All right, let's finish up with the tight ends. Uh, who do we think is the current uh, tight end as far as consensus dynasty value? I mean, I think it's still Kyle Pitts right now. Um, I don't necessarily have him as my tight end one. I. I mean, at some point, he needs to start showing us, you know, yeah. why we're drafting him a tight end one, and I don't think he's shown it yet. Well, I, th- I think it's probably Kyle Pitts. I think that there's an argument maybe that Mark Andrews is, might be the consensus tight end one. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the exact numbers show. It's one of those two guys, but probably you're right at Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Um, who will finish as the tight end one? I think that we are both going to have the same answer here as far as production goes this year. With the news of the Travis Kelsey injury, I actually changed my answer. I if if Travis my, Kelsey hadn't been injured, my answer was this guy before the Travis Kelsey injury. I'll okay. just have, I'll just say. Well, I was I said I would say Travis Kelsey before the injury. With mm-hmm. the injury, I'm not sure when he's going to be back, and even when he comes back, is that knee still going to bother him? Honestly, right. I don't remember which knee it was. 
if it was the left knee, it, it worries me a whole lot more because he has had a lot of issues with that left knee in the past. All right. So if it was the left knee, it worries me a lot more than if it was the right knee. But I'm still not sure how explosive he's going to be when he mm -hmm. comes back because he's mm -hmm. going to miss a, you know, a few weeks of training and all that stuff. So my answer right now is TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, that is that would have been my answer even before the Kelsey injury. I think this is the year that Kelsey gets overtaken for number one in, Q, in, in tight end production. Uh, I know that sounds easy to say now, but I have uh, receipts from people that know that I've said this, been saying yep. this for weeks now. Correct. Uh, I believe in that offense with Justin Jefferson and now Jordan Addison that Kirk Cousins is going to have a sensational year, and I think that TJ Hawkinson is going to be one of the biggest benefactors from that. Justin Jefferson is going to get his. Don't get me wrong. I still think he's going to be the wide receiver one, but I think we all expect that. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is the guy that, although we expect him to be one of the top guys, I don't think that there are very many people that are predicting him to be the tight end one this year in production. Uh, I just think that all the tools are there. I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a great year and, with that being said, I, I know that this is going to be very controversial, but I think Kirk Cousins is going to be in the MVP conversation. I think, I, I mean, yeah, I think that's very possible. I, I don't think he'll win it, but I think he's going to be in the conversation because I think that the passing numbers out of that offense are just going to be insane this year. Uh, so that brings us on. Who do we think the QB one in February will be? Or tight end one. Or tight end one. My bad. Uh, I'm going up the same prompt here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this one I, I really struggle with because, like you said, I'm. I, it's possible that Mark Andrews. It's possible it's Mark Andrews. It's possible it's T.J. Hawkinson. Mm -hmm. For the sake of arguing, I'm gonna say it's still Kyle Pitts. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna hope that he has the year that finally breaks him out. Um, so I'm gonna say it's Kyle Pitts. But we'll get to my bold prediction here in a little bit. I don't think it's gonna happen. So I want to say TJ Hawkinson based on everything that I just said, but I think Kyle Pitts will do enough this year to maintain his tight end one position. And I think Hawkinson will be squarely behind him at number two, when, whenever February rolls around. Um, okay. Most tight end shares. Who you got? So I have 10 Cade Otten shares. Um, yeah. I picked him up a lot in like the end of the second round last year. Um, I just felt like going into Tampa Bay, there wasn't a clear tight end one because they had Kyle Rudolph and I think that's it. I think they had, well, they had, um, can't remember his name, but one of the, one of the other guys that's been there for a while, they, they had him as their supposed tight end, tight end one. But Whenever Kate Otten was drafted, I just felt like there was a clear path for him to be the tight end one on Tampa. And I was getting him in the middle of the second round, the end of the second round. I just I, I felt like the value there was too good. Yeah, yeah. So my uh, technical answer is Trey McBride. I have seven shares of him, which is a 35% share stake. And I do love Trey McBride, but and I, I did target him in the in the rookie draft second rounds of rookie drafts last year. But it feels like a little bit of cheating because I got all my shares of trade McBride, you know, cheap. Obviously, because yes. he, he's cheap. Yeah. Uh, but I do love him, and uh, we may talk about him later as well. Uh, 
right behind Trey McBride is George Kittle of six shares. I was a big George Kittle guy during his, you know, his heyday. I am still am a big George Kittle guy when he's on the damn field. And the, the problem with my shares of Kittle now is, is some of these teams have transitioned into win later teams. And I just refuse to trade George Kittle for what people are willing to pay for him. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, I can't do George Kittle for two seconds. I, I just, it's not a situation I ever see myself in. I would rather him rot on my bench than to trade him for that little. But in the leagues where I've tried to trade him, it, you just can't get a first for him. Or if you can get a first, it's clearly the guy who is going to finish with the 111 or 112, and you're still not even sure if that's enough, you know? So uh, the one thing I will say about George Kittle in closing is George Kittle is the most frustrating and also uh, brings you the most joy at the same time of any player in the history of fantasy football, in my opinion. And what I mean by that is, you know, we obviously know how hurt George Kittle has been over the last three, four, hell, five years maybe. I don't know how long it's been. It's been a while. Uh, we know how hurt he's been, and you can't really count on him. But, my gosh, when he plays, you just win. <laughs> you just win those yeah. games, man. Uh, you just do. So he, he was healthy for the playoffs last year. And because he was healthy, I had a really good fantasy playoffs. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was excited about uh, my shares on, on win later teams because he was just a week or so ago, he was coming into the, to the uh, you know season healthy. And I'm like, yes, he's going to come out. He's going to be healthy for three or four games. People are going to see that he's still George Kittle and I'm going to be able to get a little bit more value than he's going for right now. But then I just read on the injury report a couple of days ago that there's a possibility he's not going to play week one. Mm -hmm. So we're right back to square one with George Kittle. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the guy's won me a lot of money, but he's also caused me a lot of heartache at the same time. Yeah, and then, like you said, you you really can't find trade partners with him because everyone's in the, they only they either only want to give an early second or an extremely late first. And, yeah, or two mid-seconds. Yeah, and it's just it's, not worth it. I'd rather let him – die on my roster <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah there's very few players i've gotten to that because you could usually get enough value it's like okay it's time to move on from this guy i'm getting you know i'm getting what he's worth or i, I feel like that if this if, a, if i have a pick here and this player hits i can get some of my investment back you're just not going to get your investment back with George Kittle. And if you're not okay with that then that's why you still have six shares of him like i do I, i'm gonna say this and i don't know if this is completely accurate so don't take this for gospel but i think i think you could have gotten more for tom brady to his last year than you can for george kittle right now probably yeah it just, he just you can't get anything for yeah him. I, I send people uh george kittle for like a mid to far, like playoff caliber teams mm -hmm. i say george kittle for you're late first and you don't have a tight end. Your tight end is very mediocre. And they're just like, laugh out loud. Like that's a terrible offer that I'm asking mm -hmm. for. And I'm just like, okay, well, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm in the wrong here. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe George Kittle's not worth a first, but I, to me, I, I still can't trade him for like two seconds. I just can't do it. Uh, so let's move on to most rookie tight end shares. So I love me some baby Gronk. I've got 14 shares of Michael Mayer, and I'm the type of guy who, as you can tell with my 10K Dotton shares, I will draft tight ends in the second round 
early second round is kind of where I've been able to get Michael Meyer a lot. And they will die on my roster because there is some point where tight ends can break out at any time. Darren Waller is a perfect example where he was five, six years in the league before he had his first thousand yard season. It can happen at any time. And I'm willing to let these guys just rot on my roster. And I'm, and it's, and I'm not, I'm not going to cut them. Like these guys are going to stay on my roster. They're going to take up a roster. Give me some more examples. Who guys you're talking about? Uh, Trey McBride's another example. I have a lot of shares of Trey McBride. Jelani Kay, Woods. Kay, um, Jelani Woods and uh, Kalen Granson. Like yeah. I've got, I've got those guys on on a ton of rosters. Yeah. Just because at any time these guys can can break out. David Njoku is another example. You know, yeah. he hasn't really had a great year ever. He's got value now. But he's got value now. But I've got him on my roster in a lot of leagues. Probably, I probably have eight shares of. Of David and Joku, just guys, guys that I I'm gonna keep on my roster because anytime their their value can can just boost through the moon, and yeah. I'm still gonna keep them. Like I'm not gonna trade them at that point. I, I have a lot of shares of these guys you're talking about too because you get them late in the second. So Sometimes you get them in the third, even like guys like Jelani Woods. I have six shares of Conquo. I have three shares of. And these Conquo is a great example. These are not guys I bought since their value went up. These yeah. are guys I bought when they were cheap. Yeah. Right. Uh, Schoonmaker, I, I picked yeah. up, managed to pick up four shares of him. Uh, a guy that I think people are sleeping on mightily is Washington. Uh, Darnell. Darnell yeah. Washington, yes. I, yeah, you're getting him in the end of the third round. Sometimes almost. in the fourth. Yeah, just yeah. smash except that. And the talent is there. Mm-hmm. I just don't see why we're taking the, the hot wide receiver that people are all of a sudden talking about, like the the damn guy for, for the Patriots that's come out of nowhere. Demario Douglas. Demario Douglas. Why the hell would you take Demario Douglas over Darnell Washington? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, now that I've said that, Darnell, or, or Demario Douglas is going to be a wide receiver too this year. From your lips to God's ears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I don't understand why we do things like that. We change our mind because, you know, oh, Pat Fryermuth is a reason not to draft Darnell Washington. Pat Farnley, there's a reason to draft Darnell Washington, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Darnell Washington was obviously drafted for the reason. To me, the reason is because they don't want to pay Pat Fryermuth when it comes time to pay Pat Fryermuth. Uh, but even if even if Fryermuth stays there, you can have two successful tight ends on a team. I, I'm getting off on a bit of a soapbox here. Uh, but So let me get to mine. Mine is Dalton Kincaid. Five shares of Dalton Kincaid. Four of those shares, I'm happy to say, are from are in tight end premium leagues, where I think he is clearly the the the, the seventh guy, and, and should have been the seventh guy in every tight end premium yep, draft. I agree. Him. I know Addison and QJ are more talented, but you know have more upside in in non tight end premium leagues, and I took those guys over Kincaid in non tight end premium leagues. But I, with the with the extra point per reception, I just don't see how you take anybody out of that top six over Dalton Kincaid. And what's crazy is I have a ton of these Michael Mayer shares, a ton of them. I'd say 10 of them are in time. Because people are taking Racy Rice and and, uh, uh, Jalen Hyatt and and people like that over him. And I'm just like, I will take the guy that's has the higher upside in time and premium leagues. He just does. He was, he was an excellent receiver in, in college. He's a great blocker. Yeah, He goes to a team that, is devoid of mo- of a lot of receiving talent. I mean, other than Devontae Adams, who really is on that team? I'm a big Jacoby Myers fan. Big yeah. Jacoby Myers fan. Yeah, I think Michael Myers is a whole lot more talented 
than Jacoby Myers is. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, you know, I think that there's been enough of these hits over the years, too. Even though Pitts has struggled, we're still talking about him as the dynasty, what tight end one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Andrews was – there was a tight end drafted on the same team in the first round that year. So if you picked up Mark, Mark Andrews in the third and fourth round in rookie drafts that year, which I know for a fact that people did, yeah. I did one in yeah. one league. Congratulations, TJ Hawkinson. He was more of a first-round guy. Mm-hmm. but he's He more, wasn't a tight end one off the board, though, because it was no offense. It was no offense, yeah. yeah. But, he's, but he's held his value. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes you miss on these guys. But when you miss on them, you miss on them for third-round picks and or late seconds. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, it's – a bit of a – I've always wondered why we don't value these tight ends more, especially in tight end premium leagues. And and tight ends have such such good shelf life normally. You know, like like we're going to see some of these tight ends. Michael Meyer, for instance, is probably going to be in the league, even if he's not a starter, he's going to be in the league for 10 to 12 years. Yeah. He Because tight, good tight ends that can block and can catch out catch, – they're just going to be in the league. They're going to be on the line so one way or another. It's a perfect example. Isaiah Likely. Isaiah Likely is not the most talented guy, but I you bet your butt that he's going to be on that field in those two tight end premiums, two tight end sets. I think a perfect example of this is okay, so you Dallas, you've got Luke Schoonmaker and you've got Jake Ferguson both, right? They're both basically free. I mean, you get them, you get Schoonmaker in the third round of a, of a rookie draft. You can get Ferguson for a late second, is probably the high end of what you're going to have to pay. You're telling me that we don't think that one of those two guys is going to have in the next, maybe not this year, but in the next year or two, that they're not going to have similar to Dalton Schultz type production in that offense. I think that it's pretty close to a given that that's going to happen. So why wouldn't you spend a total of a late second, a third to get both of those guys? Correct. A hundred percent. I agree with that. All right. Now some tight ends that we don't have very many shares of. And this is the opposite of the running. Remember when I said on the running backs that it's all of them? Well, for the tight ends, it's basically none of them. Mm-hmm. I, there's some circumstances where I don't have any shares, like Goddard's a circumstance, Ingram and then Joku are circumstances. Uh, this one really bugs me. I only have one share of Luke Musgrave just because I, was, I constantly was getting sniped on him in rookie drafts this year. Uh, but for the most part, I'm heavily invested in almost all of the tight ends because I believe in tight ends and tight end premium. Uh, I even believe in them more in non-tight end premium than most people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think they give you a positional advantage. It's not the same, obviously, but I still think that you know if you've got top-tier guys in, in non-tight end premium, it, it matters. So uh, it, it's basically all of them, but like I said, Goddard, Ingram, and Joku, just because of circumstance, don't have a share of those guys. I, I tend to pass on tight ends early and draft tight ends more in like the second and third round. So guys like Kyle Pitts, I don't think I have very many shares of. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I only have one share of TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. Um, I'm rocking shares of both of those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just I, I, I do – quantity over quality i guess i i get i spend my first my you know all my first round picks and my um early second round picks on wide receivers or quarterbacks and then in the second and third round i, I tend to draft you know like kate otten um like isaiah likely guys like that Th- those are those are the tight ends that i tend to target yeah. um the one exception honestly has been dalton kincaid 
Um, if I was at the 107, I was drafting KK pretty much yeah. right off the bat, just immediately in tight end premiums. Um, so I'm a little bit of the opposite of you. My tight ends that I tend to draft, and honestly, I, I tend to do this too much. Once I like a guy, I tend to get him a lot as mm. a parent with having 14 shares of, of Michael Mayer. Yeah. Um, so, so you don't target as much in the rookie drafts? I don't target them as much early in the rookie drafts. So you, while you have a ton of uh, TJ Hawkinson and yeah. uh, Kyle Pitts shares, I'm going to end up having a ton of Musgraves and Shoemakers and, and, and well, guys like I that. I have those two. Right. <laughs> well, I guess the thing, like, I, I have more of the, like, I'll, yeah. I'll take three tight ends later in the draft while you may only take one early in the draft type. So this is an example of something I did last year, or something I've done, and, and I, I, you're going to remember this. And it, it doesn't look great right now, mm-hmm. but I traded up from like the 202 to the 110 in the tight end premium. This was last year's rookie draft, not this year's. I traded from 202 to 110 to secure Trey McBride, mm-hmm. and right now that looks not not great. great. But in two all years, it, all it takes one breakout year, and that looks like a steal, especially if they end up getting. Caleb Williams. Yeah. Can you imagine Caleb Williams yeah. starting to turn? Trey McBride is the starter. I haven't even thought about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, not that not that Kyler Murray is not a good quarterback, because I do think Kyler Murray is a good quarterback. Yeah. We haven't been able to see Kyler Murray really with Trey McBride, because while, right. when Trey McBride was on the field more at the end of last year, Kyler Murray wasn't. So, I, 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 think, <laughs> I think we haven't even seen close to what Trey McBride is capable of in the NFL. We're going to see that one way or another. <laughs> next year because I don't think we're going to get to see it this year. But the thing is, Trey McBride is, what, 22 years old? Yeah. He's got 10 years in this league. He's going to have an elite quarterback. Okay, he's going to have a really good quarterback or an elite quarterback come next year. One way or another. It's going to be Kyler Murray. It's going to be Kyler or Caleb. Or Caleb Williams. Yeah, yeah. And I think think he has the ability to shoot way up the charts into into a top 10 tight end. Yeah, and that's why you take gambles like Exactly. That's why I take it. That's why I take it. Right. Because the one through six for tight ends, that's pretty consistent. Yeah. Anything after that, yeah. pick a name out of a hat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, who will be the highest riser at the position this year? I think it'll be David and Joku. I think it, I think we've already seen a little bit of that happening. Um, I think he's going to from a value standpoint. Value standpoint, okay. yeah. Because okay. I, I think slowly we're seeing him go up the charts in terms of where he's drafted and what people are willing to pay for him. And I think after this year, come February, he'll have obviously his best year yet. He'll be tied to Deshaun Watson for a couple of years. I think people will be more willing to draft him right around that tight end seven, tight end eight mm-hmm. value, as opposed to right now, you know, he's probably tied in 15, tied in 16. Yeah. I want to say Trey McBride, but I think that Josh Dob- Joshua Dobbs is going to, Quell some of that uh, progression. This if we year. were doing that, if we were talking about this this time next year, I would 100% say Trey McBride. Yes, I, I, I agree with you. Um, so I, I'm going to push him to the back burner and maybe he'll be for next year. I think the guy that's come on very strong lately, uh, and, and he was actually announced as the starter as a rookie, which I think was a bit of a surprise in my opinion. But I think that in the you know with a new quarterback that hasn't really latched on to any favorite targets yet, I kind of look for Luke Musgrave to to move up the charts and potentially 
be like a low-end tight end one in terms of value come February. I can actually see, and right now I have Mayor and Laporta both ahead of him easily. <laughs> and I wouldn't, as I'm about to say this, don't send me look much great for either one of those guys to trade because I will auto-reject it. But I see a scenario where Luke Musgrave can move ahead of both of those guys. He can move ahead of a guy like Trey McBride. He can move ahead uh, of, a, of guys like Aconquo and Dolchik if he has a good enough season out there with Jordan Love. If he shows some promise, we know that rookie tight ends don't have to set the world on fire to gain value. They just have to show some promise, right? Mm-hmm. So I think Luke Musgrave is the guy that I'm looking forward to that could be a potential high riser. All right, Luigi, uh, who will fall the most of the tight end position in that value? Well, it is with a heavy heart that I think that Kyle Pitts continues to underperform and actually falls out of the um, the top tight ends. Like I said, there's about six tight ends that we consider to be the elite tight ends or the, the, the best of the tight ends. There's really only one elite tight end. Um and honestly, that ties in with my bull prediction with tight ends as well, that he underperforms and falls out of that tier of being one of those top six tight ends drafted. I, I think, think Pitts falls out of the top six. I oh do. Yeah. I think he underperforms. That is bold. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a Desmond Ritter guy. I've never been a Desmond Ritter guy. I think that uh, Pitts still has yet to really show us that he's worth being drafted in that range. I mean, Mark Andrews outperforms him every year. Hawkinson outperforms him every year. Uh, Kelsey outperforms him every year. Like, like there's all of these guys that just continuously outperform him. And I just I haven't seen enough from him. I don't think he has a stable enough quarterback to provide that for him. So it, it seriously wouldn't shock me that he does that. He falls out of the top six. So for the sake of argument, how bad would – how his season have to be for that to be true. What are we talking about here? I mean, I think he has to be one of the top tight ends. I think if he's not one of the top tight ends, then he will fall out of it. So you think if he finishes tight end nine, you think he falls out of the top I think six? He falls out, falls out of the top six. Yep. I don't agree with that. Yep. I think he's got enough between draft capital and what people have spent on him in the past. I think that he has to have a really wretched season to fall out of the top six. I mean, it's three years in. Yeah, at this will, point, it, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, if he finishes a tight end nine, it's three years in. He has never had a great season. Well, that's not true. His rookie season was not great. A thousand yards, but it wasn't. But that's it wasn't great for a rookie tight end. It's great for a rookie tight end, but it's not great to doing something once does not make you great. That's true. Doing something once that's for true. out of three years, it, and, yeah. and I get that this is technically this is going to be the third offense that he's been in. Technically. This is going to be the third offense that he's been in. I do understand that. But it's it's hard for me to value somebody. If B. John Robinson is the exact same way, he he has 1,000-yard season and then underperforms for the next two, I, I don't care where he was drafted by the Falcons. I'm not going to I'm not going to be able to rank him in my top three or four or five of guys who are continuously outperform him. And, and yeah. that's where I see Kyle Pitts headed. Is a downward trajectory behind guys who continuously out, uh, continuously outproduce him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm ready to piss some people off. Let's do this. <laughs> so I already 
felt this way before the recent news and the recent news that we've heard in the last few days has made me feel even stronger about this position. I think this is the last ride for Travis Kelsey as a elite elite dynasty uh, tight end. As far as dynasty value goes, I think this is, this is his last ride. Uh, I had already traded down to one share of Travis Kelsey before the season started because I kind of feel like it's, this is the point where you want to get out from under Travis Kelsey, because I think, and only because of father time, he's about to fall off the proverbial cliff. Uh, you know, he's what, he's going to be 35 next year, right? He's going to be 34 next year. He's going to be 34 next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do I think Travis Kelsey will still be a very good NFL tight end? And he, do I still think that he might potentially be helping the Chiefs win Super Bowls for two or three more years? I absolutely do. I think the production that he has had over the last five, six years is going to become difficult at, at the age that he is currently. He just won't be as explosive. There comes a time he, where you fall off that cliff. He can't. And, and as we know, his value, because of his age, his value is always going to be less than it should be, right? Mm-hmm. So Travis Kelsey, you can get Travis Kelsey for about a for a first and a second maybe in most leagues mm-hmm. if you've got a team that's not competing that has Kelsey. As productive as Travis Kelsey's been, he should be he should be worth two first right now. Easily. But he's just not. Mm-hmm. And I think that that just on, only gets worse. Father Tom's caught up with this injury. I haven't checked in the last couple of days. His his value has to have come down, right? He's got maybe to, slightly. Just you think, just slightly. It's, it's well, a, because it's possible that he only misses one game. I think right yeah. now it's it's everything is just so in the dark. Yeah. You know, if we if two weeks from now he still hasn't stepped back on the field, I think there will be a lot more questions. But missing one game is not extremely out of the ordinary. I think there are a crazy number of tight ends behind him on this list that could move ahead of him as far as value goes. If they, I don't really think it has anything to do with what Kelsey does. It has more, more to do with what kind of season they have. Uh, you know, I'll give you a guy off the top of my head. If Conquo has 75% percent of the production Travis Kelsey has this year, he's going to move ahead of him in value. If he has 75%, he's probably the tight end six. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Even if he has 50% of the value yeah. of Kelsey, he's, he might move ahead of him mm-hmm. because of age. Mm-hmm. You know, so guys like um, Dolchich, Dolchik, Conquo, um, Ingram's still young. Maybe not Ingram. Maybe that's too yeah. Maybe that's too far. Um, Njoku. Njoku, K-Dot, and like you said earlier, I don't I – don't, look for that to happen. Mm-hmm. But let's just say for the sake of argument that Kate Otten has 60 catches and 800 yards and six touchdowns this year. You don't think people are going to take him next year over Travis Kelsey in drafts? They're gone. They just are. Unless Kelsey comes out and has, you know, 1,600 yards. yards again. Yeah. And I, I don't think it'll happen. Can't see that happening. Yeah. So I, I think that Travis Kelsey could go from where do we – Consensus, where do you think he is right Probably now? Probably tight end three. Tight end three, maybe four. I think he could fall out of the top ten easily. I, I really do. Let me also say on top of that that I fully expect George Kittle to fall right with him. Definitely. But Darren, I, Darren Waller as well. He, yeah, yeah. 
But I think that the Kelsey is the more shocking name there. I think everybody expects that Kittle and, and, and Waller are probably going to continue to fall. I think there's a certain group of people out there that think that that Travis Kelsey is invincible, and I, I don't agree with that. So let's move on to our bold prediction for the tight end position. Luigi, what do you got? Well, I already said mine a few minutes ago about uh, I think Pitts just com- continues to underperform and falls out of the top six. Gotcha. In dynasty value. So mine probably isn't that bold, but I have a lot of conviction in it. I think Dalton Kincaid does enough as a rookie. And I'm talking about like maybe 50 catches, 700 yards. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that would be enough for him to move up as, and be the tight end three in terms of dynasty value. I think that if he has, like you said, that's a perfect number. It's exactly what I was thinking. 50 for 700. He could go, he could move right behind Kyle Pitts and TJ Hawkinson for me as the tight end three, strictly off of just the fact that he's young and promising. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we're at in Dynasty. I would be absolutely shocked if Travis Kelsey has more consensus value than Dal- Dalton Kincaid this, this time. time next year. Yeah, this yep. time next year. I agree. With that. Completely shocked. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's possible that as of right now at this moment, if somebody drafted a team today, it's possible that they would take Don Kincaid over Travis Kelsey. I, I would. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. I would have all summer long. Uh, and I know that that's people would will probably say that's crazy, but it's just mm-hmm. the way I, that's just the way I like to draft. I, the only way I'm taking Travis Kelsey in the startup right now is if he slipped around that he shouldn't have slipped in. And as we know, he just doesn't. Dalton, he, for some reason, guys like Travis Kelsey are worth more in a startup than they are after in the reality. startup's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once the startup's over, oh, well, I took Travis Kelsey in the third round. Well, guess what? You can't, you can't even get two firsts for him now. Mm-hmm. That's his value. Mm-hmm. You could have gotten so much more for that actual pick than you can. For, yeah. For yeah. Kelsey. Yeah. And I, I, Never understood that about startup. Startup math is just different mm-hmm. for some reason, but uh, it's absolutely true. Go 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 out there, listeners, and and try to trade Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. right now for the amount of value where you drafted him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you well, the injury obviously is going to hurt that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But even try to get if you took him in the third round of startup, try to get six rounds round startup mm-hmm. value. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. It's just not those trades aren't out there. So, uh, Luigi, uh, do we want to maybe throw out some Super Bowl predictions before we before we end this? Yeah. So, I think we will probably both have the same AFC team. It wouldn't shock me. Um, I think we're, we're going to have the same on both. You think we're going to have the same on both? Yeah, I think we're going to have the same winner, too. Probably. <laughs> probably. I, I, think, I think the Super Bowl will feature – how I thought the Super Bowl would be featured last year. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Philadelphia Eagles. I just, I, I think the Eagles are the team to beat in the NFC. And I think with all of our predictions in the AFC and Joe Burrow being an MVP caliber and Jamar Chase having the best NFL, C, uh, NFL season for wide receiver of all time, I, I just don't see any team being able to beat them. They've bolstered up on their offense. They added – um, d- defense in the draft, and just another year in, they were one play away from beating the Chiefs last year 
and making it to back-to-back Super Bowls. And I think they've gotten better and the Chiefs have gotten worse. So this is officially the uh, Joe Burrow Fantasy Podcast Club. <laughs> Go Tigers! Because <laughs> I just think it's... A, I'm going to take it from a different approach. You long-suffering Cincinnati Bengals fans, your time has finally come, yep. in my opinion. This is the year Joe Burrow is going to right all those wrongs. Jamar Chase is legit. 1B to, to Justin Jefferson's 1A, uh, Higgins, the, the whole offense. Mixon's back, which I'm not a huge Mixon guy, but it's better than just bringing in a random, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the offensive line is supposedly better, and I don't know that it matters if it's better. He does; He's done it before without the, an offensive line. He can mm-hmm. do it again. This offensive line is much better than where they were last year yeah. with – uh, I mean, they're healthy. Now, are they going to stay healthy? That's a different story. Yeah. If they were healthy last year, they w- they beat the Chiefs last year. And it's just that plain and simple. I, I, and I do think that part of the reason why I believe it's the Bengals is because, is because of what you're saying about the attrition over on the Kansas City side. No Chris Jones to start the year. Who knows if he's going to be there all year? We don't know. Who knows how serious the Travis Kelsey injury actually is? Uh, and the, the Bengals have been known to, to beat the Chiefs more often, more often than mm-hmm. not, when the Chiefs are at full strength. So, to me, it's just it's just the Bengals year. I feel like the Bengals showed in that. The let's be honest, the unfortunate ending to that regular season game between the Bengals and the Bills last year. The Bengals were kicking their ass before that happened, and then they beat them again in the playoffs. So, to me, it, it's kind of cl- almost laughable that people think that Buffalo is going to be able to overtake. Uh, the Kansas City. Buffalo's and, gotten worse this year. As I well. feel like they have. I, I just, I, I think it's definitely Cincinnati in the AFC. And I think that the NFC is still in the position where outside of the 49ers and the, 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 the Eagles, who else could it be? I mean, Dallas, their defense is incredible. Yeah. But it feels like there's always something with Dallas, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I love Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. But with that team as a whole, it just feels like there's always something holding them back. And, and I agree with you that they should be in the mix, but I don't think they will be. Yeah, I mean, I think the three teams, if I had to bet money, I think the five teams that are going to be, it's going to be some combination of these five teams. It's going to be the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Eagles, and then the Chiefs and the Bengals. It's going to be some combination of those five in the Super Bowl. I, I, I know this is going to sound like, blasphemy but i just don't I, I don't think the chiefs would even be my second pick in the afc if i'm being honest with you oh you don't think the chiefs are the second best team in the afc well I, they might be the second best team on paper but i just think that there's going to be enough there's enough distractions there with with jones and the poss- possible travis kelsey injury i can't tell you which team i think will overtake them but I could see that the Chiefs get knocked off before the AFC Championship game. I really could. Maybe it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. I had a lot of faith in Trevor Lawrence. Maybe uh, because they're in a weak division, maybe Jacksonville rings up and they end up with the one or the two seed, and and and, and the Chiefs have to come to them this year. And you know, last year the, the Jacksonville wasn't that far off from upsetting them in Arrowhead. Yeah, they were right there. I just think. That, and I, I think Mahomes is going to be back. This isn't the end of the dynasty by any stretch of the imagination. I just think that they need to do more with that roster before they can get back to that level again. 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely holes. I don't think their offensive line is good. No. And they showed in the Super Bowl against the Bucks that they do need somewhat of an offensive line. I mean, you can have a, a great offense. They had Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, and they put up, what, 10 points that game? Because yeah. they couldn't stop yeah. anybody from, from coming through their offensive line. And, and I think that that's exactly how it's going to – it's going to be this year. I mean, I just I think that the the Bengals defense is really good. I think the Jaguars defense is uh, their defensive front is pretty good. I mean, the Titans deep front is is really good, and I, I don't mean, see them being a big factor. I, I don't, I don't. But when it, when they're going to play each other and they're going to beat up on each other, you know, a team we haven't even mentioned yet. And, and they have a really good defense, and I, I'm not—I'm not sure that I believe what I'm saying here. But what about the Jets? I mean, New England. New England probably has a top ten defense. That's true. Not that I think that New England makes the playoffs, but in the yeah. in the in the in the off chance that they do, I mean, there you go, right there. That's, two two more elite defenses. That's a tough out. That's a tough out that Kansas City has to play a defensive like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, agree, I agree with. I you. mean, they're they're smoldering everywhere. They're smoldering because that's all that they spend draft picks yeah. and money on is their defense. Yeah. yeah. So, who wins it, Joe? Oh, I, I think I, we kind of alluded to that already. It's it's Joe Burrow's year. Joe it's, Burrow. It's, it's it's Cincinnati's year. The mm-hmm. Bengals finally finally get it done. I'll be super jealous as a Carolina Panther fan because that's one more team that has won a Super Bowl that, and we haven't. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I, I I'm actually you know on the absolutely crazy chance that we are actually really, really good and make the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm rooting for the Bengals this year to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I would like to see. It's what I think is going to happen, and it's what I would like to see happen. I think you guys have a better chance of making the playoffs than we do. But either way, I would still root for the Bengals in the Super Bowl. I mean, I, obviously we would have to play them in the AFC Championship game, but I'd be really, really torn on who I would, I would cheer for there if uh, – if we played each other, not that that's ever going to happen. Um, I mean, I, I think our chances of making the playoffs are extremely low and making to the championship game or even lower. Uh, I, I, we, we could sneak into the playoffs, but I don't even look for that to happen. It was more of a just in case. Right. Obviously everyone knows I'm not going to cheer for anyone over the Panthers. Right. So, uh, yeah, but, 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 but Joey B and, and the Bengals will probably be my, hope to win the Super Bowl until they actually win it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think of of your team and my team and the Bengals. They the Bengals definitely easily have the best chance and we'll probably win one before our two teams. Oh. Not not that my team hasn't won one a few times. I think you know, the Bengals but... will probably win two or three before either one of our teams <laughs> win another one. I don't look for us to win another one for a long time. So yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I love Bryce Young, but I'm not looking for a Super Bowl in the next four to five years. Hope, hope Hopefully he gets there eventually, but uh, I'm not looking for one anytime soon. We got anything else to talk about here, Luigi? I don't think so. I think I think we've pretty well touched on everything. You said your MVP, my MVP, probably be Joe Burrow as well. I would um, I would say that that would happen. I don't think he needs to have the best quarterback season ever to do that. I think I think it's quite possible that they could win 15 games this year. And and not have to have the best quarterback season, like I said earlier. I think I think that'll be Justin Herbert, but I'm not sure how many wins that'll translate into. All right, then. Well, with that being said, this has been the Dynasty Dreamers Podcast, episode number sixteen. Uh, this is Joe Galloway and Luigi Federico signing off. Everybody enjoy. 
the games. Enjoy your dynasty and fantasy football season. We'll talk to you somewhere down the line. Merry Christmas.